Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com slash s slash Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Exurgat Deus Dissipentur in Amicius. It fugiancio derendeum afache eius. Let God arise, and let his enemies be scattered, and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. Our Lady told the three children, and most especially Sister Lucia, at Fatima. that there would soon be no virgin souls. And this is actually kind of important because she said no virgin souls. That's different than no virgins. And when I take that and I add it to something I said a few months back about our assumption that the image of the beast that spoke would be a statue that would somehow talk, I don't think that's correct. An image is exactly that, an image. And today, in the 21st century, we've had nearly 100 years of talking images. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangela, defendenos in proelio. Contra nequitiamit insidias diabolius do praesidium. Imperat ilideus supplicis de precamur, tuque princeps militae caelestis, satana maliosque spiritus malignosque ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum detrude. Amen. Cor Jesus sacratissimum miserere nobis. Mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Sancti Joseph, ora pro nobis. 
Domine, ostende facem tuum et salvierimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conceptio Est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. <clears throat> Throughout human history, most, partic most particularly throughout the history of the Catholic Church, we formulate our assumptions about things based on the things that we see and we know. For a very long time, images, statues, were actually the dominant form of art. In fact, the most magnificent pieces of art throughout history were sculptures. Whether it be Baroque angels or Michelangelo's David or the Pieta or whatever, the vast majority of the artistic expression throughout history were statues, busts, carvings. And of course, this stands to reason, given the fact that, you know, a statue certainly lasts much, much longer than, say, a painting. Although, in this day and age, you know, we have the capacity to restore painted artwork in ways that they never had back in the past. So if you were looking at something durable, and chances are it was going to be some kind of statue or figurine or something, something along those lines, something formed in three dimensions. But in the 20th century, flat two-dimensional imagery really took over particularly with the advent of television. And of course, television would be limited. You know, it's, there's only so much that you can really let yourself loose uh, with a black and white movie as compared to color. Although, it, you could definitely make the case that many of the black and white movies and television shows were far better in composition. But the world of special effects and being able to bring things that would be miraculous if they were to happen in real life into being, you know, that's happened in the last 50 or 60 years. And if you look at history, I don't think that there was a point in time in all of the world where more of our time and energy was spent on vapid entertainment. And think about it. One of the reasons why major film studios like Disney and Paramount and, and Warner Brothers and all of those studios are failing is because they're failing to create new stories. And it's very difficult to create new stories when you have roughly, I think, 12 major types of story arcs and a very finite pool from which to draw. So, for example, The Last Starfighter, one of the first movies to use computer-generated imagery as the imagery rather than 
you know, see uh, computer generated imagery for display. Revolutionary. The technology was new. You know, you can actually, if you were to go back and watch it now, the, the, the movie itself, itself is still entertaining because it is a boy's coming of age story to where he becomes a man. It's one of the major plot lines. One of the major story arcs used throughout history is the <clears throat> the initiation into manhood. And you can tell it is because it's replayed in its theme. You have The Last Starfighter. You have um, Star Wars A New Hope. You have uh, Lord of the Rings. You know, with Fro with Frodo going through his through his rite of passage, and granted, Frodo go doesn't make it through quite as cleanly as say Luke Skywalker, but even Luke Skywalker loses a hand in defeat before he finally comes to his full ma masculine paternal form, where he actually takes the place of protector that his father was supposed to take. <clears throat> and you see it in other movies, too. So, like, for example, um, The Goonies. Another story that is kind of a coming-of-age adventure. Um, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. I mean, there's, there's bunches and bunches of them. Spider-Man. I mean, the stories actually abound. One of the reasons why Chris Nolan's Batman Begins makes such a makes such a huge impact and even man of steel because man of steel of course is about is about superman becoming who he really is the stories of becoming like coming of age is actually really the best way to put them it's one of the core plot lines You have coming of age, the fall of the hero, the redemption arc, and th there are others, and of course, various forms of romance, etc. Like, <clears throat> but if you run through all of the types of stories, you could actually just take the story arc of your main protagonist and just place him somewhere within 12 major categories. This even happens in sacred in sacred scripture. You know the story of King David. These things, like these things, are woven into our into our way of being. But while you had stories that were written by the likes of William Shakespeare, while you had poets, the likes of Dante Alighieri, while you had so many of these throughout history. The fact is, is that the printing press, and then later the video camera, those were the two main media that allowed for a massive expansion for people to spend time in vapid entertainment. But even the printing press, what were the majority of books printed? right as it came out. We know that, you should know, you may know this from Catholic history, although it's not talked about. The number one printed book 
for more than two straight centuries were the little office and the breviary. <clears throat> no other book, no other single form of expression saw greater dissemination under the printing press than prayer books. Prayer books printed and promulgated by the Catholic Church. Not because you couldn't tell stories. Surely King Arthur, the story of King Arthur when it was finally formulated, the story of Tristan and Isolde, the, the great epic sagas of the Vikings, like all of these things did eventually get written down and they were eventually printed and published and disseminated. But there was never a market for entertaining books to the degree that there was a market for prayer books for most of history. The idea of telling stories in printed media that were not comfortably anchored in reality, comfortably anchored within what we would understand as being wholesome stories today. Those things weren't promulgated for most of human history. It actually took the advent of radio and television for a demand to be awoken, even in printed media, for stories that were merely for entertainment. And don't get me wrong, there were many great authors prior to the advent of radio and television. You know, Mark Twain, Nathaniel Hawthorne, uh, Mary Shelley. Like, there were many. Oscar Wilde. But in all honesty, before that age, that wasn't the case. There aren't hundreds of treatises, or excuse me, hundreds of novels and story and, and, and fairy tales and stuff like that that were disseminated prior to the Victorian era. Not nearly to the degree after. Now, some of that, of course, you probably could lay at the, hand, at, lay at the feet of people who were also Freemasons and occultists. To be certain, there are many books starting in the 18th century that began to be more widely promulgated having to do with the occult. But when I look back at even the, even the likes of massively occultic minds like Arthur Edward Waite, who, by the way, was a Catholic, When you look back, classical literature only goes back a few hundred years. Three at the most. Well, what? you go back 300 years, you're in what? Late 17th, early 18th century? What did they do for the 200 years prior? What did they do for entertainment? And that's the rub. Prior to that, people were busy living life. 
It was only in cities, in major urban areas, where you would even begin to see that level of decadence. But once you got past the 1920s, 1930s, that level of decadence spread around the world. And by the time you got to, and by the time you get to like the 1950s, 1960s, you're transitioning from having a black and white television in every home to beginning to have color televisions in every home. And most certainly from the 1980s on, without a doubt, there was a television in every Western home. And the television would eventually take the place of church. Now, to be sure, our during that same time, it was becoming more and more required for people to work. Children had to be in school during the day because laws would be passed over the course of about 30 years that basically made it a requirement. You had no choice but to make sure that your children were in school. And the idea that you would put your kids in, that you would homeschool your children yourself, well, let's be real for just a moment. No one thought of that as reasonable. It wasn't even considered reasonable. Never mind the fact that it's a parent's principal responsibility to form both the minds and bodies of their children. It's their responsibility to, resp to, to form their children's spiritual lives properly. But parents just set that aside and so by the time you get to the 1980s, television is raising most kids. And of course, there were concerns about that. Many of us who were old enough remember Tipper Gore going out and talking about, you know, music bands and MTV and this, that, and the other. They even made a joke about it in 1989 in the movie Hudson Hawk. Because the CIA agents that were operating in that movie... The guy who was in charge of them called them the, quote, MTVIA. To which one of the agents said, George, you promised no old CIA, new CIA jokes. And the fact is, is that MTV started to fill in the gap. And where MTV wasn't, sports were. And it was a joke for a long time. The dad would pay more attention to the football game on Sunday than he would to the pastor. And that was true whether or not it was a Catholic church. Could have been any of the forms of heretical Protestant denominations. And the fact is, is that dad was not interested in church. He was interested in football or baseball. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And the extravaganzas that were movies would even cause people to go to the movie theater more often than they would go to church. And make no mistake about it, anything that pulls you away from Christ is an enemy of Christ. So whether it's the new Star Wars movie because let's be real for just a moment. When was, when was the last time somebody spent... And for those of you who were around my age, you'll remember these times very, very frequently. But when was the last time somebody was camped out in front of a church for four days waiting for Holy Mass? It doesn't even matter what was going on in Mass. When was the last time somebody was camped outside of a church waiting to attend the Holy Mass that was preceded by a sacred relic from one of the Holy Saints. Can you remember that ever? And yet people were lined up around city blocks waiting for the next Star Wars movie. When the prequel movies were getting ready to come out, when they were getting ready to come out, these weren't. this wasn't even the theatrical release of the prequel Star Wars movies. It was the re-release of the digitally remastered original trilogy, and people were camped outside of the box office for days, waiting to buy their tickets. People don't attend 
church events dressed as the saints. And yet, not only were people camped outside for days, but at the beginning of these movies, mid to late 90s, people were dressed up as the characters in these movies. And there was, of course, a dark side to it, because for every for every movie that came out where someone was dressed as, say, Darth Vader or Luke Skywalker or some unnamed Jedi or some unnamed Imperial whatever, or Stormtroopers or whatever, there was also premieres of a movie that was, what, 30, 20, 30, maybe 40 years old called the Rocky Horror Picture Show, where people would dress up specifically to go there. And you're certainly not going to tell me that anyone who was lined up outside waiting for a, a, a <laughs> for a replay of a movie that was older than, well, almost as old as Sin, certainly had a lot of Sin in it. For a replay of a movie like that, and people are dressed up fancier than what they dress up to go to church. I mean, immodestly dressed up, but dressed up nonetheless. Those aren't people that are going to church. Well, I mean, they are after a manner. But it's certainly not a religion that a follower of the one true faith would recognize. And I'm sure somewhere out there within the sound of my voice are people going, wait a minute, maybe you're being way too harsh. No. No, I'm truly not. It is clear. Crystal clear. Every vain word for every vain word that you speak, every word that you speak that is a waste of time when you could have been praying and praising God, when you could have been communicating something of meaning rather than standing right next to the water cooler chit-chatting about whatever the latest episode of The Expanse. Did you see what happened on Altered Carbon? Have you seen the re-release of Cowboy Bebop? Now, truth be told, <clears throat> you may not even know what some of these shows are. Whatever, it doesn't, it, in all honesty, it doesn't matter. Because where those would be something more today... 20 years ago, it would have been the latest episode of Seinfeld. A show declaredly marketed as being about nothing. Every vain word. And if we're going to be held to account for every vain word, is it not reasonable to believe that we'll be held to account for every hour we were spent, we spent watching something that wasn't edifying 
watching something that detracted from the glory of God. Because let's be real for just a moment, there are very few television shows or movies that come out today that are about God's greater glory, that do draw your heart back to God. Very few indeed. Statistically, it's actually zero. It's not physically, it's not actually zero, but statistically, it is zero. And even the, even the, the, telev- the television streaming services like PureFlix, which are, most, which are basically run by Protestants, even those, yeah, they're kind of bringing you back in that direction with movies like God is Not Dead. But they're still heretical shows. They are still shows with horrible theology. They're still vain. And that's kind of the key. Every 30-minute segment, as you watched The Big Bang Theory, or House, or CSI, or Law and Order... every 30-minute-to-hour segment that you could have been teaching your children the faith, that you could have been reading about the faith, praying your rosary, praying a novena, working on something that is actually edifying and actually brings glory to God. Every one of those that you spent in front of the television rather rather than do that, We'll have to account for all of it. So yes, I am comfortably of the opinion that the image of the beast, which has actually become more so, and I'm going to get to this in a second, but the image of the beast is actually video. And it's most definitely become more so because now, while there are in fact fewer and fewer people who are watching the multi-million dollar productions of Vapid Entertainment, that has actually been replaced by something worse. YouTube. And I'm using YouTube as sort of the moniker in the same way that you would say I'm going to make a Xerox copy. You know, the likelihood that you actually have a, a copy machine built by Xerox is actually negligible since, you know, Canon and HP and all these other, and, and, uh, <clears throat> Konica, or, oh, I forget, anyway, I forget the names of all of them, but it, the, given the fact that there are so many other producers of copy machines, the fact is, is that colloquially for decades, they were all called Xerox. Soon as they upgraded from the mimeograph, it went from mimeograph to make to making a Xerox copy, to making a photocopy or whatever. But the fact is, is that in the same way that Xerox was to copy machines, YouTube is to video hosting platforms. And so when you go to the actual streaming, like the video hosting platforms like YouTube or Odyssey or BitChute or Gab TV. 
what do you see there? You see people with a webcam who will look and talk into the camera and talk about whatever it is that interests them. And objectively speaking, we're not talking about a bad thing. Except that part of the great resignation, the reason why there are some 7 million men who are not actively engaged in some form of productive labor is because there are thousands upon thousands of people who've decided that they want to try and be the next Joe Rogan, who've decided that they want to be the next Tim Pool, who've decided that they want to be the next Geeks and Gamers or Nerdrotic. And like I said, to be sure, objectively speaking, we're not talking about bad. Like, these are not objectively bad things. Some of them are. You know, the channel, the channels that are broadcasting blasphemy and, and <clears throat> vulgarity and things that in any other day and age would be considered pornography, except for the 20th and 21st centuries, those obviously would be objectively evil. And this is where you kind of have to split the hair. And I'm going to throw some shade over at, over at Catholic social media, not because, not as a judgment upon them, okay? And that's to be sure, not as a judgment upon them. Not as a judgment upon any of us. <clears throat> but Dr. Taylor Marshall refers to himself famously as a dad with a webcam. And he's not really the only one. There are programs that I enjoy watching that are spent doing things not looking at the altar of our Lord. And they're not objectively bad things. They're not, they're not by any stretch of the imagination. Most of my favorite channels are channels that do stuff, that build things. In that, I'm thinking of the Colin Furzes, like the, the YouTube makers, the, one, the people who actually video, make videos of them designing and building machines or devices or th just things, even if it's things around your home. I've, <clears throat> I've got a couple of subscriptions where it's literally the principal portion of the channel is how they build houses according to the medieval and ancient ways of, of home building before the advent of electricity. These are good skills to have. It's the principal reason why I watch them. But a show like that might make a couple of thousand dollars a month, which replaces an income where they might actually be building those houses. And, I mean, God forbid you build those houses, or I should say, more accurately, government forbid that you build those houses, because you can't hardly build those houses because they're, quote, not up to code. Never mind the fact that they do, in fact, provide you shelter. They do, in fact, provide you with pretty much everything that you know you actually need, which is shelter from the weather, a place to lay your head, in many cases, a kitchen to cook your food.
But there are thousands of channels that are doing stuff like that. And then there's the stuff that's a little bit less uh, or a little bit more esoteric, things that you wouldn't really need on a day-to-day basis. You know, uh, channels that talk about, you know, sword fighting, medieval martial arts and things that, you know, medieval European martial arts or historical European type type channels that talk about historical arms and armor and historical weapons and contraptions. There, There are plenty of those. In point of fact, actually, I just watched one, um, you know, because mild curiosity to know about hair care in the 18th century. Couple of practical reasons for that. Just kind of fell into my lap and I looked and I go, oh, so that's how they did that. Oh, so that's how they made those clothes. Oh, so these were... These were the categories looking back into a world where things were far more sane than they are today. Again, not objectively evil. Neutral at worst. Good because of the skills that they because of the skills that they relay at best especially given the things that we're getting ready to head into. Some of these skills might actually prove very, very fruitful indeed. But there are tens of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people who do that rather than build, rather than create something long-lasting. I think my only bone to pick with some of the channels, even the ones that are teaching magnificently important skills, is that they get done, and then they tear it all down, and then they do something else the next week. And statistically, the number of people who are actually going to do the things that they're watching on those videos is also zero. And the biggest transgression of these of those type of media video sharing platforms such as YouTube is in the name of YouTube. It becomes about you. Because if you have a channel that is successful, it is successful because of you. You become the center of attention. Not God. It's one of the reasons why I like the way Census Fidelium formats their videos, because it is very rarely a video with the person speaking actually being visible and talking on the screen. It's one of the reasons why I think it was somewhat providential that I chose the title Radio Free Catholic so that it could not be about me. I could say the things that needed to be said, and there's no earthly way that I could possibly become a celebrity. And by celebrity, in this particular case, I even mean the likes of Dr. Taylor Marshall, or Kennedy Hall, or Timothy Flanders, or John Henry Weston, And again, as I said, not a condemnation. Not a condemnation. You're talking about people who create content 
to support their families. This is not a condemnation. The question becomes, when you know that the streaming platform is all about you, and these big companies are creating all of these shows, why? So that you can sit at your home altar in front of your computer or your television. And in this particular case, I mean your home altar being the TV stand or your computer desk. And rather than spend your time praying, rather than spend your time doing things, engaged with your family, you're watching TV. And if that were the worst of it, then this would, of course, be the end of it. And in all honesty, it would be far more difficult for me to make the case. <clears throat> but it's not the worst of it. So we're going to go darker. Those same screens are the same screens that defile the soul. That make sure that a soul is not a virgin soul. And now we're talking about pornography. But we're not just talking about sex. We're going to focus on that because that actually has to do with the virgin souls. And we're not talking about sexual impurity type stuff only. But we're going to target that one first because that is by far the biggest problem. Greater than 50% of all internet traffic is sexual pornography. A significant portion of that is child pornography. And we just found out over the course of the last couple of years during the lockdown that our schools, the teachers in our schools, were promoting exposing children not just teenagers, but children as young as eight or nine years old, to pornography. And they've taken it steps further since the drag queen story hour, etc., and that whole debacle, that whole travesty, moral travesty, that's going on pretty much nationwide, even in the most diehard of conservative locations vis-a-vis -vis Texas, exposing even toddlers to this but also ensuring that by the time a boy is eight and a girl is 13, pornography is their principal vice. Before a child can even become confirmed in the Catholic faith, typically, they're already laden with pornography addiction. Why? Those damned phones. In the same way that the Catholic Church, and, this, and, I've, and I've been collecting them lately, which is why I know about them, but in the same way in the 1920s and 30s, you would have little pocket-sized devotionals. Um, I'm still actually waiting for an opportunity to find a pocket-sized devotional of the 14 Stations of the Cross, um, because apparently nuns carried these when they were traveling about the size of a smartphone, like a little, or a, um, like a checkbook, 
maybe a little bit wider, like a like a pocket, like a like a novella size book. You know, something you know leather bound that would you could fold open, and then on one side you would have a crucifix <clears throat> molded in, into the pewter with with images of the fourteen stations of the cross, and then on the other side you might have prayers or whatnot. And I've seen some variants of these where it's like stamped into the leather in gold, in gold, uh, in, in uh, gold paint, where you know it's like maybe a trifold or like you kind of fold out. It's about the size of a, <clears throat> um, if a day planner was turned into like a multi-flap trap, trapper keeper or something like that, where you kind of unfold it and you would have like the stations of the cross and then prayers and a crucifix and all that, kind of as you know, something to keep in your pocket as a pocket devotional. <clears throat> in the same way that a nun might use a pocket devotional to pray the Stations of the Cross while she's traveling, and almost in a mockery of it, if you think about it, those damned phones. That little black screen that you can fit in your pocket, that you can carry around with you, that is smaller than, <clears throat> that is effectively, I mean, fits better in your pocket than the little office of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And you can open up the phone and put whatever it is that you want to see on that little black screen. Which should have also been the other clue because the screen's black. But you can watch anything. You can watch your favorite movies, your favorite TV shows. Or you could go much darker and watch pornography. And let's be real about this for just a moment. If that wasn't part of the features and not a bug in the system, there would be more people going to prison for having child porn on their phones. Many more. You don't get 50% of the internet traffic. 80 billion hits a day. Let me say that again. Eight zero billion with a B hits a day. If this isn't, and we're, mind you, we're actually, I mean, granted those are worldwide numbers, but that is 10 times, more than 10 times the total population of the earth. And there are huge portions of the population that don't even have the sort of cell phone networks to be able to sustain everything that's on a start, uh, everything that's on a smartphone. You think they're logging into Pornhub in Afghanistan or Kazakhstan? Well, maybe Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan or Pakistan. I will tell you, definitely not Afghanistan. Afghanistan just finally got enough radio. They're just finally getting televisions. And the climate conditions aren't particularly great for the televisions that are brought out there. They're perfectly fine for radios. Radios are far more resilient. So it's not the third world backwaters that have it. They don't have 5G cell service in the, in the far reaches of Russia. They probably have it in Moscow. St. Petersburg, etc. But they probably don't have it in, in Kerblinsk. I don't even know if there is such a thing as a Kerblinsk, but you know what I mean. 
huge swaths of Russia that are basically frozen tundra probably don't have great cell phone service. That means most of that's happening in the Western world. North and South America, Europe, Northern Africa, South Africa probably also, the Middle East, China. Billions of people every single day logging into pornographic websites. The average age of exposure, first exposure for a boy to pornography is 11 years old. With the Southern Reaches having been, up until probably these last two years, having been eight years old, the the youngest exposures. By the age of 18, 80% of boys have a pornography addiction. And it's not much better for girls either. Not at all. The type of pornography is different. You know, it's going to be more written word with the girls than it is with the boys. The boys is going to be pictures and videos and mostly pictures and videos. So that there would be almost no virgin souls. Because anyone who's reached the age of reason has likely been exposed to pornography. And a huge number become regular users of pornography. And if you think that using pornography means you're still a virgin, dear family, you have to remember Pornography, particularly sexual pornography, usually accompanies masturbation. The physical defilement of one's own flesh. And you're going to sit there and tell me that those screens, be they the phone screens or your computer screen or your television screen, is not carrying the image of the beast? Knowing that? I don't think so. I would have to respectfully disagree. The fact is, is one of the major portions of the book of Revelation has been in full swing 60 plus years for 60 plus years and it's so ubiquitous that for the most part most people don't even think about it I mean it doesn't think about this for just a moment there are so many people addicted to pornography of course they're ashamed of it they may not say anything about being ashamed. You know, when you're gathered around your group, a group of your friends and you're not with, say, your loved ones, you might talk about it. 
And I don't mean you who's listening to my voice. If you're listening to Radio Free Catholic, chances are this is very much not you. Or not you currently. May have been you in the past. But I know that most soldiers getting ready to head off overseas for at least the period from 2005 until 2013-14, maybe later, would actually carry a hard drive dedicated to pornography. So they had it when they had it, so they had it when they went overseas. More than not. So if your fighting force is two and a half million greater than one and a half million probably traveled overseas to fight for your freedom with a hard drive that they could plug into their laptop as soon as they got some electricity wherever it was they were going so that they could watch porn. Anyone who believes this is not the case probably never served. Battalion commanders would do so. Sergeants major would do so. Sergeants, staff sergeants, corporals, specialists, privates, privates first class, airmen, petty officers. All of the above, more often than not, Why? Because an external hard drive is about the same size as a cell phone. And you're going to bring your laptop anyway. You have to be able to Skype home. You know, in addition to the bootleg DVDs and whatever, got to have something for entertainment. And for those of you who are veterans, particularly if you're veterans of the global war on terror, then you know exactly what I'm talking about because you would carry your laptop instead of, you know, a ton of books. Because you could put videos on there and you have an external hard drive and you would have a hard drive that may have, you know, a bunch of movies that you, you know, burned from DVD. And then you would have the other movies. And the fact is, most people don't think anything of it. In the military, it's the norm, not the exception. Think about that. The norm, not the exception. How many of those 7,500 troopers who died in the global war on terror do you think, knowing this, went to heaven? 
sobering, isn't it? Should be. More people go to hell due to sins of the flesh than for any other reason. Our Lady's words to Sister Lucia. There will be almost no virgin souls. Those are Our Lady's words. She didn't say there will be almost no virgins. She said there will be almost no virgin souls. Because even... Well, let's be real for just a moment. Anyone who's managed to quote-unquote preserve their purity from the sexual act with another is likely because they did not preserve their purity due to pornography. So you may be physically a virgin, but are you really? You can sit there and tell me that these screens are not basically the the beast. The beast, the image of the beast. Remember that the devil's most keen trick is pride. His ego. It's vanity. And if I already came out swinging at wholesome television shows such as, I don't know, Family Ties, Full House, The Muppets, Saturday Morning Cartoons, and oh hey, by the way, if you grew up watching Saturday Morning Cartoons, then your parents did you a disservice, because what should have been happening is something to spiritually, physically, mentally, and emotionally form you properly for the greater glory of God. That would have been the proper use of a Saturday morning. But how many people grew up watching Saturday morning cartoons? I mean, and it's not even a hidden thing. Many of the channels on YouTube and BitChute and all of the above a goodly portion of them actually spend their time talking about those very topics. Saturday morning cartoons, television shows, Doctor Who, Star Trek, The Big Bang Theory. I don't even know if that's on anymore. I don't even care. The Expanse, whatever Netflix streaming show and it should have been much more obvious because one of the things that has progressed over time, well, let's backtrack a little bit. A few years ago, one of the top movies of all time was about a character named Riddick. Riddick was an anti-hero. He wasn't the good guy. He was a killer. He did have a moral code, but he was a killer. His most lethal weapon was killing a person with their own hypocrisy and then actually killing them. But he was a killer. Not a good guy. 
not a moral guy, not somebody who was trying to bring the gospel out to the reaches of space. A guy who ostensibly was just trying to be left alone. And as an anti-hero, it's one of the most popular characters. Another anti-hero, Triple X, same actor, by the way, kind of funny. Very entertaining, very entertaining movies, the Triple X movies. Very entertaining movies, the Fast and Furious movies. But if you notice, over the last 10 to 15 years, what's missing? Good guys. The actual hero. Over the last 10 to 20 years, we have been so inundated with all of these stories that the only way that we can actually feel ourselves or feel within ourselves a sense of resolution with a movie is with characters who are not actually heroic. There are some exceptions. The Captain America portion of the Marvel series. Because there's n- there absolutely is no doubt that the Steve Rogers, as portrayed by Chris Evans, is the good guy. But if you look at the rest of the team, it gets a little bit questionable. And if you look at the popular culture movies, Sherlock Holmes, now may not have actually been on cocaine, but the book in the books back when cocaine was considered medicine, there was use of it. And so they explored it in other avenues. And it gets to be much more interesting because when you actually do the deep dive, where are the good guys? One of the most popular TV shows in modern times is a TV show written by a guy who specifically wanted to be the anti-Tolkien. George R.R. R. Martin and the Game of Thrones. And what do they depict? Sex. Murder. Theft. Lying. Conniving and scheming. Betrayal. And everyone who has any sense of virtue gets their freaking head chopped off. The good guys don't win. And as a result, there are no good guys. They just came out with the House of the Dragon, one of the best things running in media today. Because there's really no good competition. But again, not really any good guys. And it's not that good guys don't sell. It's that they don't sell good guys. There are no good guys on the market in modern entertainment. Everybody's got issues. Everybody's got these huge flaws that just can't seem to get over. (laughs) 
And it's gotten so bad to the point now, I don't even think anyone knows how to write a story about a good guy, about a person becoming the hero. I don't even think they know how to do it anymore. I'm certainly disinclined to believe that they can, and I'm absolutely disinclined to believe that they would. Instead, it's murder, death, sex, mayhem. And even in the even in the shows where it's not really portraying anything terribly evil. In this I'm thinking of suits. Even in those shows, you're going to tell me that any of the characters are moral good people? They're pro- they're protagonists to be sure. The show is in their is from their perspective to be certain. But there's no chance for virtue. Not in any of them. Certainly not the kind of moral virtue that a Catholic from 100, 200, 500, 1,000 years ago would recognize. Instead, at best, you get Jason and the Argonauts. By the way, I want to give a hat tip to Father David Nix, who translated the word Argo in the context of sacred scripture, which means vanity, vapidness, uselessness. Jason and the Argonauts, the Jason and his navigators of vanity. And when you look at the things that he did in the story, in, in, in the Greek tales, it's pretty obvious. The Greek tale is trying to tell of the futility of actually getting a good man out of him. Jason, in that in that context, he goes out trying to become the hero. He does these great and wonderful things. He marries the king's daughter and then commits adultery on her. Only to end up destitute, broken, and struck down by a beam from his own ship. The beam that hits him right in the eye and kills him. His own ship, the Argo, struck down by his own vanity. And that is actually basically the moral of the story. They tell you the tales, but what happens? (laughs) In the pre-Christian era, they would tell you those tales and you would strike out and do those things because you wanted to be the hero. You're going to turn into the villain an adulterous lech. But those are the stories outside of Christendom. Within Christendom, you get real stories of heroes. In the 20th century, the Cristeros, St. Padre Pio. In the 19th century, the Vendée. Likewise, the 18th century. Because I think it was actually 18th to 19th century where that was all going on. The 16th century, the conquistadors. 15th, 14th, 13th centuries, crusaders, 
of various forms, be it you know fighting the the Albigensian Crusade or or uh, King Saint Louis the Ninth. St. Simon Stock, St. Dominic, St. Francis of Assisi, St. Ignatius of Loyola, St. Aloysius Gonzaga, St. Francis Xavier, St. Junipero Serra, St. John of Capistrano, St. Bernard of Clairvaux, The stories of Charlemagne, and on and on and on, hundreds of stories of saints. Didn't really talk about what they did before they started down the path of sainthood. In the case of saints like Saint Aloysius, it's a very little bit. But in in the case of saints like Saint Ignatius of Loyola, it was significantly more. We have the stories of the Spanish Reconquista. So much richness in history. We didn't have to tell fairy tales. You actually had the heroics of real people. Of real people. But here we are the first half of the 21st century, what for all intents and purposes is actually probably the end, and you can see why. So they put a mark on your head or in your, or in your hand or on your hand, and you'd not be able to buy or sell. And everybody got so concerned with that, but they never got concerned with the image of the beast with the image that could talk. Just do a really quick experiment. Swing on over to a news channel, and what do you see? You see the face of a person who's talking. Go to a YouTube channel. You see the face of a person who's talking. They're communicating to you. You bond with them. In fact, in most cases, you bond with the people on television more than you do with our Lord, who you can physically see at Holy Mass. That image on the screen, you feel like you have more in common with them. And I get it, it makes sense. They're people just like the rest of us. But realistically speaking, sorry about the alarm there. Realistically speaking, do you think God would want you spending all that time in front of the screen? I mean, don't get me wrong. I have to spend time. Obviously, I include myself in this, in this thing, in this whole talk. Do you think God would want us spending so much time in front of the screen? You know the only times I don't really feel bad when I'm in front of when I'm when I'm actually staring at a video on YouTube where where like there's no reason for me to have any kind of remorse whatsoever. It's when I'm 
tuned in to one of the live feeds for Eucharistic adoration. I can't have a tabernacle in my house. I'm not a priest. Even if I were a priest, there's still a special dispensation that comes with that. Like there's, there's rules to doing stuff like that. But I can most certainly put the Holy Eucharist on my screen, full screen, right there. And it's usually in those days when I really want to just move my screen and put it right at my home altar. Just right on the home altar. Because, of course, it's the Blessed Sacrament. And you can't always make it into... And i got to be perfectly honest with you. When you're tuned into one of those, it's usually like a live feed that's basically fed for hundreds of hours. You can dial in at any time and just put it on the screen. By the way, if you didn't know you could do that, yes, you can do that. I don't know the metaphysics of spending time with the Lord in that manner. I don't know if there's merit in it. Questions the church never asked. You know, we never had live streams in the days of, you know, St. John Henry Newman, St. Robert Bellarmine, St. Albertus Magnus, St. Thomas of Aquinas. Like, we didn't have live streaming in those days, so of course they would not have tackled those questions. But it would be nice to tackle those questions and really find out. I absolutely would be all about it. But as for the rest of it, and by the way, we talked about sexual pornography. It's not the only form of pornography. And the reason why I can say that confidently is because the word pornography actually has specifically to do with degeneracy of all forms. So, murder, madness, mayhem, lying, betrayal, treason. A bloodbath. That doesn't really necessarily... You know, a movie like John Wick is actually pornography. No good guys, pretty much all bad guys, fighting to the death again and again and again. Lots of bloodshed, lots of people killed. That's pornography. There are no good guys. The whole premise of the first movie is a Russian gangster. A Russian gangster's kid steals his car and kills his dog, and he goes on a two-week murder spree. A two-week murder spree. And it's nifty. You know, he uncovers some evil stuff going on in a church, and he uncovers, and he, and he manages to track down and trace down, you know, a whole bunch of bad guys, and there's a bunch of people trying to get in his way, and he's overcoming them all. But some dude stole his car and killed his dog, and so he goes on a two-week murder spree and kills like 36, 40, 50 people. The sequel, well, he's done killing all of those people and he's gotten his revenge and he's back at home and he gets called back into the old life, which quite clearly he didn't fully leave because, hey, as soon as they find out John Wick's on the prowl, even though he's not doing business, what happens? Dude comes back. It's like, hey, you owe me a favor. What does he do? He gets dragged into killing dude's sister. And more mayhem ensues. 
Third movie, now everybody's mad. Now he's got to kill a whole bunch of people to get to the people who could forgive him. And in how does he get his forgiveness? He's allowed back into the life after he kills some more people. Where is the virtue? I mean, aside from the physical dedication that it takes to learn how to use firearms and, and to execute comp, physical combat to that degree, where is the virtue? There is none. It's all porn. <clears throat> One of the top grossing movies of the year that those three movies were, each major blockbusters, hugely profitable. Very, very popular. And while I was getting myself to this point in my spiritual life, earlier in the walk, I watched him. I wouldn't be able to tell you what the movie's about if I hadn't watched them. But whether it's The Matrix with its Buddhist sort of sensibilities or it's, you know, John Wick with its just kill everything sensibility. Even the Mission Impossible movies. And I gotta tell you, I'm more interested in the movies to see what it is that those actors are willing to put themselves through in order to bring a visual extravaganza using practical effects, which is basically means stunts, actually physically putting themselves in ridiculous amounts of physical danger to try and do these things. I mean, it's kind of like a low-key gladiatory games. We all know how those ended. Is the answer to take over the culture and create our own content? Is the answer to create a Catholic movie channel? I would argue no. Absolutely, unequivocally, irrevocably, no. And maybe some people disagree. Some smart people would disagree. I mean, of course, there is moderate, you know, you have to take into account moderation and all of that. But, I mean, turning away from God, even in moderation, is still turning away from God. Hard facts. You know what I would be impressed by? And I'm sure there are people who do it. I would be impressed by people who give up media. Not just social media. Media. For Lent. No television. No movies. No YouTube. No streaming services. The whole thing. Give it all up. Because the thing 
whether it's in the whether it's in the form of print or audio or video. And the fact is, is the hallmark of these damned phones and the computers and the smart TVs and all that other stuff that goes with them is that it's all about you. And if it's all about you, it can't be for the greater glory of God. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Fili et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.